Welcome to Nice Ashes. I'm Mike. And I'm Nate. Are you talking, Mike? Because I can't hear you. No, I am not. I was waiting for you to ask me what we were smoking today. Oh, okay. Well, I asked you last time. Or did you ask me last time? I what? asked okay. you. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. The, the, the second guy asked the first guy what we're smoking. That's the ah, that's the, okay. the dealio here. That's the dealio here. Okay. <laughs> this is all new to me. This is our 30th episode of season two. And what are we smoking for episode 30, Mike? We are smoking the H. Upman, the banker. Uh, which mine, the cigar itself has a lot of veins and it's a little rough looking. I'm not a big fan, but the wrapper looks really good. I mean, the, the, the wrapper, the, the actual, uh, packaging looks good. It's just the cigars looking a little rough. It might've been my humidor that did it. I don't know. Nate's look fine. Right. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, the, it's a little, um, where you light it at the end, the tip is kind of squished, but it doesn't look any more rough than any of the other cigars i guess they're maybe it's just the the leaf that they did for the wrapper on yours i don't know um or the case yeah it looks a little uh rugged if you know what i mean like it's yeah. not uh yeah, but yeah i didn't i didn't look at this and think it was an oversized cheroo if that's what you're getting at i'm getting cheroo level veins on mine not like <laughs> that's a little exaggerated but i mean the band looks good but yeah not that that affects how it tastes but it all matters. Now, are you burning the foot on these cigars before you light them? What does that mean? So, I don't always do it, but lately I've been taking my lighter and burning the end and heating it up and getting it on fire a little bit before I draw through it. Uh, it kind of makes oh. that uh, lighting process where I'm actually sucking air through it faster. Okay. It almost makes the makes it more even when you first start it, you know? I've, uh, I don't know if I've been fully doing it. I've been doing kind of like a variation of that where I'll like, I'll, I'll light and inhale through and then I'll kind of like not inhale through and kind of torch the end a bit and then inhale and torch. So sure. I don't think it really makes a difference, but you know, no, I mean, you know, um, I know when we were in episode one, I had a buddy over and, um, we were several episodes into our first season and he was like giving me shit because my cigars weren't burning evenly. And he's like, "Well, you're not doing this and doing that." But I think for all the cigars I've been smoking this up this season, the burns have been even. So whatever whatever I'm doing appears to be fine. So right, I haven't had any major issues. Yeah, I guess. Uh, and I'm pairing this with a Founders Centennial IPA. Oh, nice! I'm drinking water again. <laughs> water is life, man. Water is life. Water is life. I had a lot of coffee yesterday, so I'm like watering it up. Yep, got to replenish the fluids. It's uh, related to our topic today, but I went to the Little Falls Craft Fair, which nice. is uh, 100,000 people go to apparently, and it was the 50th anniversary this year. Oh, okay. And uh, we walked five and a half miles at the Little Falls Craft Fair. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> Walking around and seeing the various vendors, but... They have a roaster called Reality Roasters in Little Falls, okay. and uh, they have wonderful coffee. And, of course, they don't normally serve coffee. You can only buy the beans. But during the Little oh, Falls sure. Craft Fair, they make coffee. So I was drinking coffee all day there. Nice. Yes. Nice, nice. Well, our topic for this episode going to be a little more free form, but... We thought it would be fun to talk about uh, bookstores and maybe favorite bookstores or um, 
anywhere, anytime I'm in a new town or something, or even if the town I'm in and a new bookstore pops up, I kind of always want to go. Like I just love bookstores. Um, Typically not a huge fan of bookstores where they want you to pay the full price on the back of the thing. So I tend to gravitate more towards the used bookstores or the secondhand bookstores. Um, but that'll come up more later, I'm sure, in the episode. As do I. I'm a big fan of uh, the small town used bookstore. Yes. So uh, we went to, we did kind of a, we were going up to meet Sarah's parents at the halfway point and uh we decided to take kind of a meandering route through Buffalo, Minnesota, and they've got a bookstore there, and they've got a ton of like, antique stores too. Um, but the bookstore is fairly small. Uh, they've got a little like cafe, coffee shop type of thing in the back, uh, and I generally gravitate towards like the sci-fi sections um, because there's always like weird oddities of sci-fi authors you can find or the uh i've had pretty good luck with the little uh short story sci-fi compendiums or whatever they are you know because you get to try a bunch of different styles of different writers and a short story they have to you have to be a good writer to do a short story i guess i think right like to make it compelling enough to remember because it's so short yeah i think so and then i do like the uh, the nonfiction stuff like i like checking out different biographies um, of people and there's a a website called uh, I don't remember exactly what it is but it's like best presidential biographies and this guy or wh- whomever runs it has read biographies on all of the presidents and he will rank them uh, which one is best and he'll do like which one he thinks gives the best overall picture which one's written the best which one is the most interesting even if it doesn't cover the entirety of the president's life and he'll give you all that kind of feedback so that's been really phenomenal for me to kind of somebody's already done the stuff so i don't there's nothing worse than picking up like a nonfiction book about a topic you're interested in and having it being like boring as hell mm-hmm. one thing that i found lately is that they will uh be on a topic that's interesting but then the style of the writing will be uh, poppy in 21st century like and they'll have jokes like it's a marvel movie instead of yeah. a book about a serious historical topic yeah yeah i um that reminds me there is one oh yeah i read one um let me pull it up here because i didn't like it at all it was i didn't like it we'll just say that um so it's called indian givers and it's how the indians of the americas transformed the world by jack weatherford and people seem to like it, you know, it's got like an average of four, and I gave it a two, and uh, because the first like four chapters were how, uh, well, he was trying to make that the Native Americans who were forced into slavery and mining precious metals out of South American mountains were somehow contributing. Uh, I mean, not like contributing, like, of course they were contributing, but like it was their idea to do it, right? It's called Indian Givers not Indian exploitation, you know what I mean? So like, right. that kind of didn't sit well with me. Uh, and he had a couple chapters about, you know, there were no tomatoes or potatoes or... Uh, corn. Corn, maize, uh, anywhere else in the world. And so all of these different um, vegetables and produce things, like, took off. And can you imagine, like, the food in Italy without tomatoes? You know what I mean? So... right. And there were no potatoes in Russia, so thank you, vodka, I guess. Um, so, I mean, that stuff was neat, but then, like, so he did a couple chapters on how bad uh, the colonizers were, and then he did a couple chapters on, like, vegetables, and then he started doing, like, 
Well, I drove down into this area and it started being like anecdotal stories of his like research. And I'm like, this is no, dude, like, no, I'm not reading this book to find out what you did to do your research, you know? Sure. That's crazy. Well, it's crazy that people liked it. That's the weird part. You know, I mean, maybe people like it because he's not like the stuffy historian, but he's not a terribly interesting fellow, in my opinion, uh, from how he wrote his books. So. So there's that. And then I read, uh, there's one like the 1918 Great Influenza, and it's all about the Great Influenza of 1918. And it was interesting because they kind of did masks and stuff, and they were trying to do stuff because I think that was right when they started discovering that like germs were a thing, you know? And it was moderately interesting, but it was written, it wasn't written in a way that resonates with me. I'm not going to say it wasn't well written. I'm just saying it wasn't a writing style that I that resonated with me. So it was very, very tough. It was a slog to get through. But right. then I read, I read one called Cattle Kingdom, all about um, cattle industry in America and how they would ship them up to the Chicago slaughterhouses and all this stuff because they didn't have refrigerated cars. And that one was like very fascinating. And I loved how it was written. It was, it was like a, it was a page turner, you know, like all about the cattle, <laughs> cattle industry. So <laughs> it kind of goes to sure. show that the writing style maybe is sometimes more important than the subject matter. Well, and sometimes, so I'm looking at my list here. I just finished American Witches. And before that, I uh, completed Napoleon's Hemorrhoids. And Na Napoleon's okay. Hemorrhoids is like fun little short stories about historical oddities. Okay. And uh, you expect that to be funny and poppy, right? Yeah, yeah. And it was funny and poppy. And it was interesting. It was like the yep. story behind the guy that invented bingo. And he didn't okay. really invent it, but... He found a carnival game and he popularized it, you know, and all yeah. these fun little things. But American Witches was supposed to be about the history of like witch burning in the United States. Yeah. And the tone was not great. It was like, oh, funny. Ha ha ha. Like pop, pop, pop. This is yeah. going to be cool and blah, blah, blah. It's like, no, we're talking about witch trials. The people are burning to death yeah. on a stake. Right, exactly. It's like she's trying to make little jokes about how dumb the colonists were or whatever. And it's like, this is not a topic. It, the information was good. Yeah. And it got better as it went on and it got more towards the modern era because yeah. you can make fun of people who believe in the Blair Witch. Oh, and, yeah. Right. And she did an interview with the mayor okay. of the town that the Blair Witch Project was set in and all this stuff. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you don't need to be making funny jokes about women that were burned alive uh, trying to cross to the new world on a ship. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> so the tone, like the same tone, but you don't expect it some places and you do others, you know? Yep. Yeah, that's the thing is I enjoy humor a lot, and, but there's, you know, a time and a place. And if it's all humor all the time, it's hard to get any kind of serious thoughts across. Right. Hell yeah. Like uh, a lot of people like to talk all the time and they don't have much to say. And so when the quiet person talks, it has a little more, you know, resonates deeper because it's somebody who doesn't really talk a whole lot. So it must be important if they're breaking their silence. Right. But. Absolutely. I am the one that talks all the time. So. <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I get pretty chatty on these, but, uh, you know, we are uh, stimulating ourselves. So, right. Exactly. We're chatty Cathy's. Yes. 
So yeah, so um, I don't know. Do you want to talk about like favorite bookstores? Or uh, I've been to uh, quite a few of the bookstores here in uh, the Twin Cities area. Yes. Well, you've. Do you want to? Do you want to start there? Do you want to? You're more of a bookstore guy than I am because I grew up in northern Minnesota, as everybody knows. Yep. And every hack tourist town has a bookstore, and uh, they're the only good stores usually in the entire town. And they're usually, some of them are uh, gift store, or they're like novelty shop slash bookstores, and they have new books. And they're really more of a knickknack shop than a bookstore. Uh, And some of those, you can find cool stuff there. Sometimes. Uh, Sometimes. We were down in southeastern Minnesota, and I can't remember the town or the bookstore name, but we happened to stop at it. And it was basically just a toy store. But they had okay. a room, probably a 10 by 10 room of nothing but rubber ducks. And the rubber awesome. ducks were all themed. And, you know, you could get the fireman rubber duck or yeah. the golfer rubber duck. And, of course, I could bought you, a bowling rubber duck. Could you get the uh, BDSM rubber duck? They might have had that. They might the, have had that. The uh, lipstick lesbian duck? I think they actually did have a lipstick lesbian duck. Because <laughs> okay. this store was, like, not necessarily entirely for children. You know, it had, like, stuff for yeah, adults yeah, in yeah. it, too. Like, they had yeah. board games okay. of one half of the store. And they had, like, Catan and more yeah. adult uh, board games. And they had the little kitty board games, too. Yeah. So. Yeah, some, yeah. Of those, some of those stores are kind of like the quasi-head shops. I mean, now that weed's legal here, like, you could just call it what it is, but... Um, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes you go into these stores and they'd have like the books and then there would be, uh, like all the glass pipes and things and you're like, okay. And then they'd have like aisles and aisles and aisles of incense, but they were still like a bookstore. So, oh yeah, I mean, that was, that's that more was like, so with, uh, with music, but, uh, yeah, so I was going to say the record stores. These, yeah. Yeah. These, uh, like, I don't know, tourist trap bookstores, right? So the bookstore in Buffalo, it had that cafe in the back and it had a, it was probably, you know, again, the size of my garage. Uh, like a one-car garage, and uh, or you know, like a, a regular, like the one bay thing in a strip mall kind of thing, right? Like on Main Street, like you go in, they've got the one. Sometimes they get a bigger store, and they got the the two bays, the two storefronts. Um, but this is like a one storefront kind of thing, and they had a really small, like sci-fi section, and that's kind of what I judge most stores on is you know, like, <laughs> I guess the the variety of like genres, and then if you if you're in sci-fi or if you're in uh, fiction. Kind of like how many Kurt Vonnegut books do you have? How many Neil Gaiman books do you have? You know, how many Tolkien books do you have, if any, you know, of all of those? So I feel like those kind of like tourist trap shops are kind of like the airport bookstores where it's got all like the 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 Oprah's Club, Reader's Digest, top New York Times, whatever, top 10 books. And it's these these usually it's these women and they'll go and they'll buy a book and they're like, oh, I wanted to read this one because Reese Witherspoon told me about it. And then they're the ones that sit on the beach and read this book that you could tell is like brand new. And it's mostly a fluffy book, right? And, and I don't want to like, if that's your kind of book that you like to read, that's awesome. I'm not trying to downplay that, but that's not the kind of bookstores that I like, you know? Um, and I don't mind that bookstores have those books because people like those books, but it's kind of like the the traveling middle-aged woman trying to be hip has a book, you know, and reads it on the beach for her Instagram. Right. Yeah. They're selling, uh, back in the day, it was Anne Rice novels that have the Anne Rice novels and whatever the latest Stephen King was. And then the, the Oprah bestseller. Yeah. 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 So, um, so those are not really my favorite. So the Buffalo book bookstore, you can, you can skip on that one, skip that one. Um, you know, <laughs> and then, uh, so one of my 
favorite bookstores in the Twin Cities is Uncle Hugo's. Uh, it's Uncle Hugo and Uncle Edgar's. So it's Uncle Hugo's sci-fi and Uncle Edgar's mystery. So they only do science fiction and mystery books. Well, their building got burned down and flooded in the George Floyd riots, and they recently reopened in a bigger space. I really like that because they it's not full price. They're kind of like they're kind of like used books. I think they have some new books too, but they've got a good chunk of used books. And like the guy who runs it knows his stuff. Like he puts out a newsletter, not very frequently, but you know, like when he talks about things, you definitely know he knows what he's talking about, at least in terms of books and authors and, and things and stuff like that. So that's one of my favorite books, bookstores local to me. Um, and then right across the street is this new bookstore. I think it's newer. Uh, and it's called Moon Palace Books. And one of our friends said that Moon Palace Books was their favorite bookstore in the Twin Cities. And I was like, man, I've never been there. So I went there um, just this weekend to go check it out. And I went into the entryway, you know, and so at least here in Minnesota, I'm sure other places do this too. You've got the exterior door. Then you're in a little like vestibule with Jill Goodacre. And then there's another door to get into the actual store, right? Yeah, that's like a mudroom. Yeah. And, it's a vapor uh, barrier, a weather a barrier, bit... really. Yeah, it's the cold, the winter cold barrier, snow barrier. And I on the exterior door, it said masks required for everybody, vaccinated or not. And I was like, well, okay, um, maybe they didn't take this down yet. And I got into the vestibule, and there's a big box of masks and another sign that said masks required for everybody. And I still didn't quite believe it. And so I peeked into the windows, and like, sure enough, everybody in there has a mask on. So I'm like, well, I guess... I guess, like, I'm here to check this place out, so I guess I'll put the mask on. So I put the mask on and go in, and it's like, um, man, they had, like, such a small section of everything. Like, every section was small. They did have a used book section, but it was small. They had a fairly decent-sized kids' book section. Um, they had, I think, four Neil Gaiman books. They had three Frank Herbert books, you know, Dune, Dune Messiah, and I think Children of Dune. And they had maybe four Kurt Vonnegut books. Uh, they had a whole shelf, uh, top to bottom, dedicated to like George Floyd literature, books and things. And every book was full price on the back. So I guess like if, if you only want to shop where they agree with your social justice kind of ideals, then it would be a good place to shop. But as a bookstore, I have to give it like, I'd rather go to Barnes and Noble because at least they have a bigger selection. If I'm right. paying full price for books, which I have a question, know. Nate. <laughs> yes. How can there be a full bookshelf of books about George Floyd? How is that possible? Uh, you know, nobody likes capitalizing on tragedy, like social justice warriors. I guess I, I don't know if they were all George Floyd books, but the you know how. Uh, book bookstores will do the uh, usually it spines out and then maybe they take like one shelf and do covers out right so right. they had apparently found five or six books about George Floyd that's crazy that, that, that they had facing out so I just I say it's a full rack of George Floyd books I'm sure it's a full rack of social justice warrior books right you know, I'm guessing that they're like you said, they're capitalizing on the George Floyd incident and they're not really writing about George Floyd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's kind of 
well, it's, it's, it's the way probably, the world works. It's probably like George Floyd and other instances of social injustice. Right. Yeah, which that I probably would enjoy reading one of them. One of them is probably yeah, good. Yeah, pick pick one that has the best reviews and give that a try. Um, right. But yeah, yeah. So I was a little underwhelmed, and I was a little like masks required for everybody still. Mm-hmm. Dude, that's coming down the pipeline. I yeah. I, I there's growing evidence that they're going to try to push masks and lockdowns again this year. I don't. I which, have no idea why. Well, you know, I think that certain people made a lot of money on that. I mean, I know so. why, but I don't know how they could possibly justify it. <sighs> Either do I, but they will. Because, you know, like, and we get to, this could be a, a topic for a different episode because um, I'm sure you finished the book and I'm still reading the book that uh, that we're talking about. Um, Mike and I know what we're talking about, I hope, Mike. Yes, yes. I'm going to do it again before. Just tell okay, me, yeah, yeah. like, when you're halfway or something. Yeah, yeah. So I can read it again. But, like, as soon as they, as soon as the vaccine came out and was available for everybody to go get for free, I was pretty much done. I was done wearing a mask. I was like, I'm, I'm not doing it. Like, I'm vaccinated. Like, fuck you guys, you know? And um, whatever the science of the vaccine and all that stuff, like, that's not the point. The point is, like, once people could feel safe about the thing, you know, about COVID, like, I don't need to do the mask anymore, you know? And then all the other stuff that's come out recently. But that we're talking about bookstores. Um, but, yeah, I was a little, like, upset about the whole mask thing in the bookstore. Um, because even my doctor's office now doesn't require masks. So I'm going to right. the doctor's office. They don't make me wear a mask. I go to a, I'm just going to call it what it is, a left-wing bookstore, and it's all like mask up or you can't come look at our overpriced books. Right. When I go to a bookstore, I want like Black's books. I don't know if you ever saw that TV show. No. Uh, it's a British TV show with Dylan Moran. Okay. And uh, TLDR, it's an alcoholic Irish guy who does not want to sell anybody books but owns a bookstore. <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> Uh, I yes. want the uh, the Coriander's bookstore from Neverending Story. <laughs> I, I need to watch that movie. Yeah, I, I, I watched uh, it when I was a kid, and I don't recall if you anything seen from the, it. If you haven't seen the German cut, you have to watch that too. But you should watch the American version first. It's way, it's it's not drastically different, but the tone is kind of drastically different. Okay, is the German cut darker? Uh, there's more sauerkraut, interestingly enough, but. Uh... <laughs> Right on. Yeah, uh, no. So, just in quick summation, the the uh, director, I think Wolfgang Peterson, uh, made his cut of the film, and it was all done with a, a composer, true score, everything. And there's a really nice scene with, um, I'll not to get super nerdy and have people like eyes roll back in their head. There's an uh, like the the black wolf thing that chases the main character. Um, there's a scene that provides way more into that creature's backstory that really like threw me for a loop in a good way. Like, um, and I've read the novel too. So, but, um, and then when it came over to America, they stripped all of the original score out of it and they did the, uh, the synth pop score through everything and they cut, cut some scenes and trimmed some stuff. So it's not less fun. Like the German version isn't less fun, but it's less like blatantly in your face, eighties poppy. You know what I mean? Sure. So it's like uh, 1984 Doom without film. all the 80s magic. Like a, yeah. Yeah. It's like a serious film almost, you know? Yeah. 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 Something that could stand up to the test of time. Yeah. I mean, the original, the, uh, the American one does too, because it's a great movie. But, but yeah. Uh, so speaking, so I talked about Moon Palace books. Speaking about uh, kind of left wing bookstores, there's another bookstore and it's small too. It's, it's small, but it's called the Irreverent, 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 <laughs> Irreverent Bookworm. 
And they're, you know, very left wing, uh, at least on their, you know, social media pages and stuff, which is fine. Like, I don't really care. It's not a big deal. But they've got their history. It's funny because, like, you go in there and they kind of live up to their name. So their history section is called, like, uh, a bunch of boring things written by rich white men. <laughs> and that's their history sure. section. Uh, you know, so it's tongue in cheek. But they've got and they curate their books because they've got a small space. And so their books, they've got a lot of like staff recommendations and most of the books in there kind of have kind of like things. And so I think they only they only sell things that they kind of like stand behind, I guess. Um, so and, you know, it's you're still kind of paying full price, but at least it's, it's a curated like niche bookstore. Right. You're not going to go in there and get the the rows and rows and rows of romance novels with the nipply men. Yeah, you're getting the book buying experience along with a book potentially. Yeah, and it's curated, right? So they've got limited shelf space, so the stuff that's in there is stuff they want to sell or they want people to read. You know? Right. So that one I, I kind of like just for the experience. I don't think I've ever bought anything from them, but it was fun to kind of go in and look and, and see kind of their cheeky like section section titles or section headers or whatever. Mm-hmm. So that one's fine. There's another one, and I, never, I didn't buy anything from it, but it's called Wild Rumpus. And they have cats and chickens and stuff in the store. And the cats that they have are the, they're like these tailless, tailless cats that, that uh, have kind of a demeanor of a dog. So you can like pet them and you can like, but it's a, it's a, it's a bookstore for young readers is what they build themselves as. So it's a lot of fun. And they've got a big door and like a small door, you know, for kids and stuff. So that one's pretty good. That does not sound chickens to the, uh, it's not, it's not as, it's not like gross like you think it is. Okay. Okay. Like it's fine. <laughs> it's good. Uh, I We should, I need to bring, bring uh, my daughter there. She would, she would love it. Oh, I bet. Yeah. And then uh, Paperback Exchange is pretty good. It's a used bookstore. Their, their prices are a little higher than I would like for a used bookstore. They've got a, they've, the interesting thing with Paperback Exchange is they've got a whole conspiracy theory wall of conspiracy theory books. And that's what they call them. And it's got the UFOs and it's got like the Sam Squanches, the Sasquatches and stuff like that. So like it's the only bookstore I've seen that has like a full on like conspiracy theory dedicated section. I probably would like to go there. I don't think I'd buy a conspiracy theory book, but I'd like to see all of them. Yeah. Well, you know, we can go sometime, dude. Yeah. Uh, we'll have to go. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I said like Uncle Hugo's is really good. Uh, there was one that we went to. Uh, it might have been this one, the book house. Um, it's in Dinkytown and it was, it was good. It was, um, it's one of those bookstores where nothing is really laid out. I mean, it's laid out. They've got their sections, but their section signs are hard, kind of hard to see. So it's kind of like, you're kind of just kind of wandering around in this place. It's like one of those wandering bookstores. It's not like, okay, I want to go to the, the fiction or I want to go to the nonfiction or I want to go to the history or I want to go to, you know, uh, pre-World War II uh, Middle Eastern politics or something. Like you're not going to those sections. It's kind of more of a wandering one. And that one was fine. I don't think I, I might've bought something there, but I don't know. That That's kind of it for um, the bookstores I've been to. Oh, wait, there's one more. Uh, but I actually, I actually like it is um, Majors and Quinn and it's right in Uptown. And it's pretty good, and there, and that's a large, large, large bookstore. So they've got, uh, they've got a lot, a lot of stuff. But it's, and it's not used stuff. So I don't know if I bought anything from them either. <laughs> but I, it's one of those places that's fun to look around because it's so big. Oh sure, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I, I, I'm so terrible with remembering the names of bookstores. 
I know that there's a bookstore that Sarah likes to stop at when we're in the area by BIR. And okay. uh, it's all used books. And it's a lot of romance novels. A lot of romance novels. Okay. I know the one you're talking about. I think I've been there. Um, yes. But on. the one thing that stands out is that on the outside of the building and inside, there's military propaganda posters everywhere. Okay. <laughs> I don't know Emily's, if you remember that. Emily's books? Yes, it is okay. Emily's books. Yeah. And yeah. then there's another bookstore farther up the road uh, yeah. over by like the junk stores. You know what I'm talking about? Like they have like oh, bicycles okay. out in the middle of the yard. But back there, there's a bookstore as well. Oh, okay. But yeah, Emily's uh, is that used second books. time around? Yeah, I think so. Because uh, that's, a, that's a thrift store. But I know there's like they've got. Yes, they have a major book section from what I understand. I've never been in there. Sarah was, you know, touring the area and she uh, went in there. But I went to Emily's. I was was only in Emily's once and it was like you said, it was all this romance stuff. So I kind of lost interest pretty quick. Well, they have if you go way into the back corner, they have a sci fi section. And we actually bought two grocery bags full of books for like 80 bucks. It was really, really reasonable. and I got a Dune book there. It was House Arcones. Oh, nice. yeah, yeah, yeah. So they had good books, but you had to find yeah. them, you know? The uh, uh, the Hennepin County Libraries used to do, before the pandemic anyway, used to do these uh, book sales. And you go in and the books would be like 25 cents. You could fill like a, a grocery bag, a paper grocery bag for like five bucks. Yeah. And I bought a lot of books from from that, but I don't know if they still do them. I'll have to check their, their websites, but... I bet you they do because my mother goes to those sales. She'll travel around and go to the quarter bag, like for a quarter, you fill a bag. Yep, yep, yep. And uh, yeah. Yeah, those are good. I don't know how often like you're in the Brainerd area, but that that Cattails one is is pretty interesting. I haven't spent much time in there. Yes, it is interesting. Uh, We talked about that because it's uh, memorable because it's downtown historic Brainerd, uh, which is not bad anymore they have like sidewalks interesting sidewalk paintings and everything but okay. it's like uh some new books and a huge uh used section and uh yeah it's kind of interesting i get a lot of star trek i have in the past got a lot of star trek and star wars books there okay off the check and they have out uh, again yeah one of uh one of the, my friends i've done some film stuff with he's a theater person up in up in the Brainerd Lakes area, a bit north of there. Um, but he wrote a book with his partner, um, which I haven't read yet, but he only sold it at Cattail. So I ran in there and picked it up. It was like five bucks for, uh, for this book or whatever. But yeah, yeah, you yeah. Know, just to it, support him. But they do. Pretty they reasonable. Do, I think they do that where they do kind of like the, they'll sell local authors, even if it's like spiral bound. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. I remember there were like crystals and like weird hippie shit in there. Yeah, there's some uh, weird stuff in there for sure. <laughs> yeah, there's like weird stuff. It's very, uh, it's interesting to walk around in. It's memorable, especially because the Annie's bookstore is like this, got right-wing propaganda everywhere. <laughs> it's like yeah. the polar opposite in the same yeah. area, you know? But uh, it's hilarious. Uh, but yeah, I like uh, I like buying used books, uh, especially when it's like a Star Trek or Star Wars uh, story because they're so quick, you know, and you can read a star Wars novel in two oh, hours. For sure. yeah. You know, it's like some of them are two, some of them are four. Yeah. Uh, I do enjoy uh half price books and they've got a lot of locations in the cities and they're nationwide. Yeah. Uh, Sarah is a big fan. Okay. 
Uh, sometimes, though, like, it depends. If you're looking for specific things, sometimes it's, it's a little more expensive than you would think it should be. And so if it's a book that I really want, but I don't really want to pay 15 bucks for it when I can get it for $3 off of eBay with free shipping, you know? Right. Then I'll just get it off of eBay. I did one of the Dune books that I bought in the main eight series. I don't know if I told you this, Mike, but it was one of them. Um, it wasn't God Emperor of Dune because that would have been too perfect uh, because of the cover of that book. But it was one of the later ones and I bought it from eBay. And so I, I picked it up to start it. And I was like, oh, because it's paperback. And I'm like, there's something in here. So I flipped it open. And it was like this shitty digital picture that was printed out, right, on just like cardstock almost. And you could tell it was kind of like one of the earlier, like, not the earliest, but still like an earlier digital photo. And it's this old guy laying on this bed with a raging fucking boner. And I'm like, gross. But also, like, you're reading Dune and Dune, like, that's where you put your pornography of, like, your boyfriend or whatever. Um so that was bizarre. That was a little gift from them to you. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Love it. Love um, it. Love it. Anyway, uh, so if we move a little bit further outside, my brother lives uh, near Stevens Point, Wisconsin. Uh, well, yes. my one brother does. And in Stevens Point, there is one of the best used bookstores. It's, it's like every time I go and visit him, I'm like, we got to go. We got to go. And he loves it, too. And we got to go. We got to go. And it's uh, Blue Moon Books. And this guy does not work for a union because if you make one wrong move in this store, you will be crushed by tons of books. You will die. You will just die. Um, I don't know if he doesn't keep up on his electricity bill or if he just can't afford to put more lights in, but he has like flashlights staged around the thing it's like a full-on like house like imagine he, he he bought this house and he converted it into a bookstore and it's huge and it's massive and there's been times that we've gone in there and like one of the lamps that he had in the back had like got knocked over and there's like broken glass on the floor and stuff but and his organization is it makes upsets me but his prices are phenomenal and he has like everything of everything of everything you could ever possibly hope to have. That sounds like a story that you could spend a lot of time in. <laughs> you can, you can. Um, so he's got like, it's really weird because he's got two sci-fi sections, which are separated by like a hallway. One's in a separate room, but the alphabetizing happens in both sections. So the one section right by the register is like A to Z. And then the other sci-fi section is A to Z, but it could have some of the same books in the other section as the other section, but they're all used books. And then some of the stuff, he's got like fiction and then like mystery. So if you want Michael Crichton books, they're in both of those sections. So you just kind of have to bounce back and forth between those sections <laughs> to, find, sure. to find the book. So it's a little like oh, wow. frustrating that way. But if you have the time and if you're not wearing a backpack and you're feeling like thin that day, you can go and like look at all of these books. Um, but it's if you have OCD or if you if you get kind of like thrown by chaos, it's not really a place for you. But it's one of my favorite bookstores because it's like it is an experience to go there because the all of his shelves are bowing, you know, under the weight of these books. And he's got. He's got books in the front, and you pull a book out, and you're like, oh, there's another row of books behind this one, and it's somehow kind of alphabetized, and then you pull that book out, and there's like a third row behind that row deep in these shelves. So, oh, wow. you know, it's amazing because of all of the books that he has, and you can totally find, like, it'll take you some time, but... But the other thing is cool is you can ask him. You just be like, hey, I'm looking for this book, and he'd be like, oh, yeah, let me check. So he's got on his computer, he's got all the books that he has. 
and he somehow like plugs them in so he can go and find it for you. But if you're trying to find it on your own, <laughs> it's going to take you a lot longer. That's awesome. Sure. Uh, but yeah, that's one of my favorite ones of all time because it doesn't. That's like, well, that's lo- memorable. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I love Uncle Hugo's, but they only do sci-fi and mystery. And so this one does. They've got a big sci-fi section, but they've got a huge nonfiction section, you know, and they've got all like the car books and the whatever books and, you know, hobby books and things like that, too. So. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. I uh, we were on vacation up in the Arrowhead and uh, near Grand Marais, they have these little roadside shops and they're junk stores. They sell everything from uh, paddles to tea sets. You know, have you ever been up there? I don't think so. Okay, yeah. So you drive up Highway sixty one. You drive up Highway sixty one, and it'll be like a wide spot in the road. And there's one uh, just south of Grand Marais that has books. And we were on vacation, and we had limited space, and we still bought a grocery bag full of sci-fi books because they had okay a bunch of Star Trek books that I had not read. <laughs> and yep. I bought a grocery bag of Star Trek books at this roadside. It looks like a junk store because it has like a, a picnic tables lined up with like just garbage on it, you know. <laughs> <laughs> and then yeah. you go into the building and they have books, <laughs> used okay. books for nothing, you know? Yeah, yeah. I think I spent like, I don't know, 75 cents a book or something like that. <laughs> yeah, that's good. <laughs> it was too good of a deal. So if anybody's ever up in that area, uh, I guess it's worth a stop at these like very shifty looking roadside businesses <laughs> that take cash only. <laughs> yep. <laughs> but. Yeah, and then. Um... A bookstore that's oh, uh, some then my other brother lives in Connecticut, and it's a couple hour drive from him, so I'm not sure if it's in Connecticut or where it's in. Um, but it's called the the Book Barn, and they used to have I think like I was out there maybe four years four years ago I think, and they had like five or six different locations, and the one location is a barn or a series of barns on this property, and you go there and it's not air conditioned at all. But they've got a barn for, like, sci-fi. They've got a barn for history. They've got a barn for biographies. They've got a, in the biography section, they've got presidential biographies, other biographies, broken subcategorically. So I bought, and then then they've got, like, a a kid's book and modern, newer books, uh, like, downtown. And you have to go, like, you have to hop to all these different places. Uh, but my brother said they kind of condensed their locations a little bit since the pandemic. But um, oh, sure, phenomenal place and dirt cheap prices because uh, they're all used books or whatever. Sure. Um, and I flew out, so I had to like <laughs> I had to take the train back from my brother's and then get into New York City and then get to the airport with my suitcase full of books and then on a plane and back and stuff. But um, but that was fine. And then uh, this last, or when we were in New York this last year, I went to the Strand, which I guess is one of the famous bookstores in New York, and it was it was amazing. Um, Sarah had a bit of a meltdown, like mental crisis in in there, because uh, it was like packed with people, but it's all like people you don't have to talk to. Like I'm an introvert, so right. Uh, but you know, like all these book people, and they go there, and they have a coffee shop in the back. Some of their prices were like full price, and some of their prices were better than eBay prices on these books. And I think they're all like brand new books. And I bought like a really thick book, which was dumb, 
but I did because I had never seen it anywhere else and it was one I wanted to read and it was cheaper than the eBay one that I was watching on eBay and I was like, I got to buy it. Um, and I bought some stickers and stuff because like it was a cool place, you know, New York City, but. Oh, sure. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I'm over halfway done with this cigar, by the way. I'm yeah, not sure where you're at. I'm, uh, I'm about half, halfway. Okay. Uh, when I first lit it up, it was light and I thought, oh yeah. no, is this going to be like a light flavored cigar. What well, not oh no, but typically we if we do two shows, I try to do the darker cigar first or second yeah, and the yeah. lighter cigar first. Yes. This is not spicy, but it no. is a full bodied cigar for it's sure. Full bodied. Um the first like the first quarter wasn't I was yeah, it was fine. It's getting better, I think. I like it. I like that middle section. I like it right now too. Oh, I like the middle but, section. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's but, but like with you, like the first bit wasn't. I was kind of like, okay, you know. Uh, yeah, it's building. It's come, it's come into its own. Yeah, building. Yeah, it's building. I really like it so far. I feel bad that I poo pooed how it looked. <laughs> Mike, looks looks aren't everything. Don't looks aren't judge everything. a book by its cover or a cigar by its wrapper. Yeah, calling it the banker is definitely appropriate because it's yes it's good yeah it's good i like it i could definitely smoke one reading a book yes <laughs> uh working on an excel spreadsheet i could read one or eat one. Oh yes smoke one fuck <laughs> <Yep. to> eat <laughs> uh, jesus christ um yeah and i've been digging the uh the v-cut mm-hmm. so that's uh two cigars in a row i've done v-cut because even when i'm with you i usually do one cigar v-cut and then i just use my straight cut so yep i cross cut this one and uh, yeah, good choice. Yeah, good choice. A lot of airflow. But uh, yeah, so I don't remember the names of these bookstores like you do. I remember where they're located. Yeah. So and most of them are uh, part bookstore, part junk store. Like, you know what I mean? Yeah. All yep, the yep. used bookstores. Like Bacchus has one. Uh, pretty much every tourist town in the northern half of the state has a used bookstore as a part of their antique shop you know yeah yeah and uh the antiques are always three times what they're supposed to be and the books are always reasonable because nobody yep. is buying books no. at these stores <laughs> for the most part <laughs> yeah so sarah loves to go to taylor's falls because there's the taylor falls bead store there mm-hmm. and and the upper level is all like jewelry stuff and beads and stones and gems and clasps and um whatever the the charms and stuff. But if you go in the basement, they have like a full-blown antique store in the basement that has books and vinyl and like other stuff too. So I knew that store was there and we wanted to go because we hiked the park. Okay, yeah, yeah. But the day we went, it was closed because it was okay. during 2021 winter yeah. and they nothing was open in Taylor's Falls for obvious reasons mysterious i'm sure to some yeah. people uh yes. but the park was packed i we, okay, it was, we yeah. could barely get parking so everybody yeah. was like obviously out and about and trying to enjoy themselves and yeah. uh and well, we walked the there, whole town it's worth a stop yeah well yeah we'll go back to taylor's falls it's a lovely place yeah. and that beat um, store has a really good selection of incense as well if you're into incense at all yeah we we uh have incense occasionally we have a I don't know if I've showed you, but we got a grandfather clock at an antique store that has okay. a service record, believe it or not. Oh, nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and uh, the inside of it is like shelving. And inside of the shelving, we have all of our smelly stuff, you know, candles and yep. incense yep. and things. But if it's one thing Mike loves more than bowling, it's a watch. And if it's one mm-hmm. thing Mike likes more than a giant watch, 
it's a giant watch with a service record. Hell yeah. No, I yeah, dude. When I saw it had a service record, it had to come in. It had to come into the into the house. <laughs> <laughs> like not only does it work, it has a service record and it was yeah. just serviced right before it got put in the store. So Yep. <laughs> yep. Yeah, I kind of wonder about like the service record stuff because I know when you go to like sell your car, if you have a service record of things you can maybe get more money for it or something. But I feel like ever since the cash for clunkers, like there's not really a used car market like there used to be. No, there's not. It's crazy. Uh, drive around and not a lot of really bad crappy vehicles on the road anymore. Uh, That's and if I they are, they're real repairs bad. on mine to keep a bad crappy car on the road. Right. Well, it's yours wouldn't have qualified anyway. Uh, gas mileage is too high. Yeah. Gas mileage is too high. My mom wanted to sell her Explorer for that program, and it was too yep. new. She was so mad. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I wanted to say uh, full disclosure, Mike. I pulled up a list on Google of all the bookstores in the Twin Cities here, and then I remembered the names. You know that way. You cheating so and so. <laughs> I mean, at least so I, I remember. So I didn't have to look up Book Barn, and I didn't have to look up Blue Moon Books in Stevens Point, and I didn't have to look up Uncle Uncle Edgar's and Uncle Hugo's, like my favorites. But you know, um, yeah, that yeah. one that major and whatever one, like that was a pretty decent bookstore. But I would not have remembered the name. I know where it is, but I wouldn't have remembered the name. Right. Yeah, and I'm like, my, most of my bookstore experiences are like. Oh, we're going to tool around in uh, Cloquet, you know. Oh, let's stop yeah, by yeah. this store. They happen to have used books. <laughs> or Duluth, you know, tooling around Duluth yeah. and they go into the antique shop and they have a book section. Like, oh, that's cool. Yep. <laughs> let's wander over there. And those are, then you're, it's hit and miss. Let's put it that way. Hit and miss. Yeah, for sure. I think um, in terms of things that I enjoy about, bookstores and any bookstores i just like the library look you know what i mean like that's why i right. like physical media you know so like your patio where we go and smoke and and do the podcast sometimes and where you're doing the podcast tonight you know like the, the your bookshelves like i just love that look of like here's a whole bunch of books and you can kind of like look over there and oh that looks like an interesting one or oh yeah i read that one or oh i want to read that one you know and kind of the same for me with like DVDs and we've got the big vinyl collection and that's neat too, to just have like, you can kind of browse. Yep. Absolutely. Versus the streaming. I mean, you, you browse on like, you can browse on like Netflix and the other things too, but there's something about browsing like tactile, you know, like I can flip through records or I can like scan the spines of the books. Versus... There's something about physical media that you just can't uh, replicate yeah. with a screen. And, uh, when people come over here who have never been here, I always, I get weird reactions sometimes. Okay. I'm yeah. not going to mention their name. I don't even remember who it was. It was somebody that Sarah and I both knew that hadn't been over. Yeah. And they looked at the wall and they're like, oh, you guys are readers, huh? <laughs> and I'm like, okay. Apparently yep. it's not normal to have uh, a book wall in yeah, the house I guess anymore. Probably, probably not in our, for our generation, really. I guess so. I mean, it's or our generation or younger. I mean, I feel like our generation, some people are and some people aren't, but you go younger and a lot of people are like, I haven't picked up a book since like high school. Right. Oh, I have uh, an acquaintance, let's say somebody I spent a lot of time with who yeah. is almost proud of the fact that they have never read a book cover to cover. Yeah. It's like, you are 
almost 50 fucking years old and you've never read a book? <laughs> like, really? <laughs> yeah. And he's a nice person, right? And all that. Yeah. It's like, how can you be proud of the fact that you've never read a book? How can you make – how can you – seriously think that you're making accurate decisions about things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, I don't even care if it's, you know, fiction or nonfiction, you know, reading expands your comprehension of things, even if it's not like you can read Dune and still expand your comprehension of things, you know? Right. It increases. Well, it's like uh, exercise for your brain. Yes. So I know there's a lot of studies about that, that reading is, Good for the mind. Yes, indeed. And good yes. for the soul, if we have one. Oh, something like that. Especially if you read uh, things that are both interesting and uh, insightful, you know? Yeah, and I think, well, I enjoy, and, you know, not all books are created the same, and just because it's a book doesn't mean it's true, you know what I mean? But I enjoy, so I went, and I and we've talked about this before, because it was one of our first uh, first season episodes was, uh, uh, period in history that we really enjoy in Mines, Lewis, and Clark, you know? And so I loved being able to research and find the best written books and the most interestingly written books on Lewis and Clark. And then being able to read those books, you know, all kind of back to back to back to get a, kind of a complete picture of the expedition. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah, and there's a lot of, lot of stuff on it because it was... Not in modern. Well, yeah, it was the modern era, basically. Yeah, yeah. We don't have pictures from it, but damn near. Yeah. You know? um, but that's the cool thing about books is like there are so many different historians and authors out there who enjoy certain things. And if you stumble across something in a book or get recommended a book and you discover a topic you weren't aware of that you're super into, there's a ton of books on that topic. They're not all going to be good or well-written or well-researched, but some of them will be, and you can like really expand your knowledge on something to be more than just the cursory. I know what happened. Right. Yeah. And, uh, well, you know, this, the internet does not have everything on it quite yet. So <laughs> I have an old, well, if, uh, you, if you know where to look, it has most things. I mean, it has the, uh, the circumcision book, the history of circumcision. All <laughs> right. It has uh, a lot of relevant information, but if you have uh, old machinery, you know, the good old guidebooks that they used to yes. sell in every auto parts store are still your best resource. Yeah, the haze. Yeah, the haze. The haze. Yeah. I bought a haze for my four-wheeler because it's like a okay, uh, yeah. 99 Polaris 325 Magnum, which is – they don't have repair videos on that four-wheeler. It's too old. Yeah, you know? yeah. Uh, even though it's a classic, apparently it's worth money because it's in very good condition. But okay, uh, it just needs to plow, as far as I'm concerned. But yeah, I had to buy a haze manual to fix it. <laughs> yep, <laughs> which is fine. Uh, yeah, and then uh, any sort of. So I still have a lot of books from trade school and from college too. Yep, and uh, you're certainly not going to find American Jesus on the internet. You know. Yeah, that's a. Uh, I kept some uh, college books, but I ended up getting rid of um, a lot of them because I had, uh, you know, I did film school and architecture, so I kept a couple. But a lot of them, I was just like, for film filmmaking and stuff, the internet has more relevant information than any book ever because by the time the book is published, the information is already out of date on some of that stuff. Just with the way technology is advancing with like digital filmmaking and stuff, 
if you're doing like 35 millimeter film or like the old school, like filmmaking, like, of course the books are going to be better, but, um, you know, something that's kind of like still trending or still advancing technologically, like the books are very hard pressed. Like, um, you go to all these bookstores and they have like the C plus plus coding manual or like the JavaScript. And it's like, but it's from like 1998 and you're like, dude, no, <laughs> that's so out of date. Right. Even, even if you want to get into JavaScript, that book will not help you because the everything has changed so much since then. Well, yeah, anything with technology. I, uh, yeah. yeah, anything with technology. I took a political science course, which granted this is like 15 years ago, uh, about yeah. uh, politics, like internet politics. And uh, there was no course book. You know, this was like brand new technology at the time or brand new trends. Yeah. And it was all online research and online uh, published research and stuff like that. So anything that's newer, obviously, it's going to be not in book format. And uh, related to our podcast, like all the cigar and pipe information you'd ever want to know is on the Internet. You know, there's so much access to information now uh, yeah. as far as hobby, any hobby that people are actively doing. Yeah, I think the biggest difference between books and like internet articles or blogs or how-tos is that before the internet, you had to actually get somebody to pay to publish your book. So there had to be some level of professionalism or research if it was a nonfiction or whatever. You know what I mean? I mean, certainly they could gatekeep people out of there. Like um, Andy Weir released The Martian chapter by chapter on his blog and everybody went crazy for it and he got it got it published and then a movie was made from it. So that right. was, you know, different than the normal path, but that's the kind of level of writing that you would have to have to get your stuff published pre-internet. Right. So, yeah. You know, so like that's why Stephen Ambrose has so many books out because the internet wasn't a thing when he was pumping out all that stuff, you know. No, and he, once you get your first success uh, you have access, right? Yeah, yeah. And Stephen Ambrose is very entertaining, not necessarily the most accurate. Uh, yeah. But that was a style of book that I guess it's still common, but it's not as common as it was, like the pop history. Yeah. Entertainment themed. Yeah. And now with the internet, anyone can publish anything. Right. So with, with books, though, you still have to be careful or you still have to be uh, discriminatory. Right. Curate. You have to, you know, so I didn't read every single book on Lewis and Clark. Right. I did research on which ones were the most accurate, which ones had the most interesting perspectives, which ones this and that, you know. So you have to get third party input to see if the book you're about to read is actually accurate or not. Or if you can't verify it, you have to go in with a little bit of suspension of disbelief or a little bit of, um, I don't know what you would call it, uh, criticism or like uh, being being willing to critically think. Right. And with the easy access to everything on the internet, you can easily access all this stuff that sounds really good, but isn't actually true. Oh, there's so, a lot of, uh, what is it, cognitive bias, right? Yeah, like, it's a lot so more much. stuff you have to, it's a lot more stuff you have to cut through on the internet versus a book. I mean, you still have to cut through things with books. Because some stuff is just written and is, is bad or it's wrong, um, like Dr. Spock. But I feel like the market wasn't as flooded with books because you actually had to print the books. Somebody had to pay to print the books and then just market the books, sell the books, people to read the books. And the internet kind of took that whole process out of it. Now all you have to do is write something, publish it, and people can read it. 
So, yeah, anybody anybody can say anything they want, you know. Which is which yeah. is great, but it's also bad, you know. It, it is. It's kind of like the whole hucksterism on steroids. Like, yeah, we went to the craft fair, and there was a guy yes. selling spices, and the claim, you know, he had like six or seven kinds, and they were all good. But the claim of the originals, this is a hundred year old Norwegian family recipe for this spice blend, and yeah. you taste it, and it tastes like Lowry's. Yeah. It's like, well, I mean, <laughs> I can put Lowry's in a yeah, <laughs> I can put Lowry's in a different container and tell you a story about that hundred year old Norwegian blah blah blah. Yeah, maybe Lowry's is a hundred year old Norwegian recipe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, you know, like I can say whatever I want <laughs> as long as nobody's yeah, for uh, sure. verifying. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right? nobody's looking too deep into it. Right. Like I kept my AC and DC theory textbooks because uh, you know. If I actually need to know the answer before something explodes, I'm not going to search the internet. You know, that's well, there's a whole trend now on the internet too of people giving what they know to be wrong advice mm-hmm. just to see people like blow themselves up or big time know, like mess something up. And so it's like, I mean, I guess big time. Well, you when you were doing your thermostats and different things, I warned you about that because that is definitely with the trades. That's yeah. definitely a thing. Like, yeah, let's tell this guy to wire it this way. And that way he's going to have to rip his fucking walls out. <laughs> yeah. <yep. laughs> you know? like, it'll never work. Well, I told you about that one, that one guy when I, because um, I had to get a lower amperage air compressor. Yep. And so I listed mine for sale. And I was like, yeah, the max amperage is the same as the breaker. And one guy messaged me. He's like, you know, you could just put in a bigger breaker on that thing. Uh, you know, like in your breaker box. And I didn't even bother like responding to it because you and I already talked about that. I have to change all the wires out here, you know, to get the bigger amperage. So unless you want to burn it down, that's a yeah, good way to I do don't, it. Which I don't. So yeah. and in the know, state you of Minnesota, of, you, know. you have to have a little bit of discretion. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah it's a lot hilarious. more discretion with the internet than you do with books sometimes. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'll, this is a total aside, but uh, when I was going to school, there was a guy who dropped out of the program and he was ancient. He, I don't know why yeah. he thought he was going through the apprenticeship program. He was already retired. He's like in the sixties. Yeah. So he got pushed out for obvious reasons, right? You don't want a 60 year old first year apprentice or whatever. So he went over to the home Depot and he was yeah. running their electrical department. And so you go to these stores and let's say you go to the plumbing section on, there's a plumbing expert at home Depot. Yeah. It's like, is that just a failed apprentice? Like, who is that guy? You know what? Maybe he was a licensed plumber. He wouldn't be in the freaking plumbing section giving you advice Man, at Home Depot. It's just Tim. <laughs> yeah. I, <laughs> like, what? I, uh, I, one of my favorite stores doesn't have, uh, they got like books, but I would never buy a book there. Uh, it's Micro Center. Uh, mm-hmm. because they got all the computer stuff I would need, even though now I mostly buy my computer stuff online because it's cheaper than there. But sometimes their stuff is really good and really cheap. And if I need it the same day or if I want to go pick it out myself, that's where I go. And they've got a bunch of 3D printing stuff, so I go there quite a bit. And I just like looking at all the technology. Um, but one time I was looking for something, and they've got the people on the floor, right? And they're like, hey, yeah, oh, um, uh, you know, what are you looking for? And I'm like, well, I'm looking for this. And he's like, okay, well, you want this one then. And, and they put their name sticker right on the thing, right? So they get the commission for the sale. Like, hey, I was helped by so-and-so. And I'm like, yeah, but what about this? He's like, oh, no, no, that's not even a thing. Like, this is really what you want. And trust me, I know because I, like, I work here. And I'm like, dude, I just spent like six hours researching this thing. 
and what you're telling me is is false, and so I will not buy that. So you know, sometimes you got to realize that the people in the stores are not really experts on anything other than making a sale. Oh, for sure. And I, I have the one of my favorite things to do is to do the research before I go in, so I know what yeah. I want, and then yeah, I'll talk. Too. They they want to talk to you, so I'll talk to the clerk or whoever. Like I don't know anything. I'm like judging their level of knowledge about what I am yeah. specifically looking for. <laughs> yes. And I do it a lot at uh, the electrical section of the, oh, you know, yeah, for sure. the stores that you go to. Cause these guys are, you know, my name's Jim Bob and I am running this electrical and I'm the manager for the electrical department and blah, blah, blah. And I'm looking for, yeah. like I was in there looking for a battleship, which is like yeah. a little part that you add to a box. Um, for after uh, putting boxes in walls that are already built. And he had no idea what a battleship was. I'm like, yeah. just show me where it is. And I described the part and he brought me there. Yeah. And it's like, how the fuck is this guy running this electrical department as the manager? And he doesn't know about these parts that you need to do wiring in walls that are already up. You know, like, yeah, not that. I mean, again, they're not going to get like, legitimate professionals in the HVAC department of your Menards, <laughs> you know, yeah, unless they're a retiree you know, potentially. Right. I saw a good, I think you'll appreciate this. I saw a good meme and it was, uh, it was like from a, a waiter. Mm-hmm. Right. And the waiter was like, man, I love it when my table is like, well, g- this meal was phenomenal. You please give my compliments to the chef. And the waiter's like, what the chef doesn't know, or what the uh, what the the customer doesn't know, is the chef is just some guy Chad who's strung out on coke, and he's in high school. Like he's not some chef; he's just the chef, you know. Like he's not, you know, he's just some right. guy back there strung out on coke. <laughs> doesn't mean he knows how to, you know, do all the stuff you would do in like a fancy like New York thing. But the the guy's like, but sure, I'll go tell him. Uh, <laughs> Your compliments. There's some just overworked, underpaid guy back there, you know? Right. Yeah. Like, I I worked at restaurants, as you know. And it's like, yeah, yeah. The reason why it tastes so good is number one, you did not make it. And number number two, two, salt. It's got more salt and more fat and more sugar than you would ever put in anything that you made at home because they don't give a fuck. That's not their job. Caring is not their job. Absolutely not. No. Yeah. Like, we put in a whole pack of Costco butter in this dish. That's like yeah. 12 sticks of butter. Uh, of course, it's good. Yeah, the refried beans taste so good because they put actual tubs of lard into it. Yeah. You know, of course, it's wonderful. And, a you know, a pound of salt, you know? <laughs> yep. So. So talking about battleships and stuff, if I wanted to put, and this has nothing to do with bookstores. So for the listener, this is, this is just a freebie. Uh, if I wanted to put a ceiling fan in a bedroom that only has a light right now, do I have to run a whole separate wire? Or do the ceiling fans have something where I can like just put a double switch in or something? Or how does that work? So you have a light and it runs off a switch, right? Yeah. Okay. You can take the light down. Uh, you have to inspect the box. If they put a box that is fan rated, you're good to go and you can mount it to that. Okay. If not, you need to take a look and see how the box is mounted. Because in order to run a ceiling fan, you have to have a ceiling box that's rated for fan use. Uh, at given the age of your house, probably not gonna happen. Uh, but you can modify that. There's ways, you know, you can get aftermarket or not aftermarket, but you know, you can get boxes to where you can pull out the old one and put in a new one. 
especially yeah. if it's directly mounted to like a wood joist. Okay. If it's upstairs, you're going to have to potentially deal with insulation uh, and yeah. pushing insulation around and things like that. It's not impossible uh, by any means. Yeah. yeah. But you're going to want to make darn sure that the box that you have is going to be rated for it because otherwise your ceiling fan will wobble and fall <laughs> on, okay. on whoever's standing underneath it. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. But so, it, so would you have to run a new a secondary wire? No. No, you shouldn't have to. No, no, no. Oh, okay. uh, you're going to have to get a fan that's rated. The motor's going to have to be rated low enough uh, for the circuit, but new fans have DC motors, and okay. they, they're they great. They're way better than yep, the yep. – you're thinking like the big AC motor fan uh, fans. There might even be some fans that are light enough to where you could get by. You know what I mean? Yeah. Depends on. I was just thinking about sometimes the fan and the light are on separate switches. Yeah. But yeah. You, really, you the would fans, have to... the fans, you turn the thing on and you pull the chain, right? And it's either you can turn the light on, you can turn the fan on. Uh, there's that. The new fans, what I'm thinking of is that they're almost, they're not a smart fan. They're a DC they're fan. And they have a right? remote. And they've got a little, yeah. Okay. Yeah. They have a remote that runs on battery and uh, they're pretty slick. They're pretty slick. And uh, some of them might be light enough to where. You know, if you have like a 35 pound rated box, you get away with mounting it, you know, potentially. Yeah. Does it just say on the box? Yeah, you what? should be able to see it in the box, especially if you have a plastic box. You know, you'd have to look at it. And I mean, if you have like a steel box up there and it's like sturdy. Yeah. You're probably good to go. Uh, You know, it all depends on what you have. You'd have to open it up and see. Because your house has like a mixture of old and new <laughs> yeah, it does. stuff, you know. So... A uh, modern box would be rated for 50 pounds or higher with, like, fan rating. Okay. Yeah, yeah. At least that's my, you know, my knowledge of house fixtures and house components is very limited. Yeah, well, a fan uh, would be, like, a live load. Yeah, like I say, you, you'd get, like, the the new DC fans are so efficient. It's just, like, LED lights, you know? Okay. You don't even do lighting calculations anymore, from what I understand. Yeah, uh, um, the lights are crazy. I replaced all the lights in the basement. Remember, it was flickering. Mm-hmm. I bought these um, like superior dimmability ones, uh, but they're pretty cheap still, and they're all LED, you know. Um, but yeah, it's like I remember when you would buy the uh, the incandescents, and you'd have to be like, okay, 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 I'm replacing a sixty, so I have to get a sixty. I can't go up to a hundred because it'll blow or it won't light, or it won't be bright. Or, but with the LEDs, it's like, yeah, you could get a, a however many lumens, and it draws like six watts or something, you know? Yeah, yeah. It, LEDs changed the game, and the DC motors and stuff have changed the game. And a lot of the new houses are not even running AC power for lighting. They're running them all in DC circuits from the get-go. Okay, yeah. Yeah, they're using like Cat5, Cat5 cable, glorified Cat5 yep. cable. Yeah, yeah. So it's pretty cool. Uh, the, like, within the industry, electricians are like, oh, they're going to run us out of business, blah, blah, blah. It's like, nah, dude, you just have to learn how to do this new thing. That's all. You know, not a big deal. Yeah. yeah. So it's, uh, well, it's entertaining. Well, no matter how easy things get, uh, people still won't do them and will want to pay somebody else to do them for them. So. Oh, right. My cigar went out with like an inch and a half left. Oh, okay. I'm trying to it's relight it. Yeah, I was trying to relight it. I'm just, I, so, I, I think I got about an inch and a half left. I'm probably right there with you. Yep. I can't remember. Your light fixtures are old, aren't they? The overheads. Uh, 
I don't know. I feel like all the light fixtures of the contract are special because it was bank owned. And then the contractors came in, they put in the, uh, the tan carpet. That's the contractor special carpet. Sure. And they put in the contractor special boob light in every room. So you might get lucky. You might've gotten lucky and they might've already put in good boxes. Yeah. You know, so cause... they, uh, I know they redid everything outside of that room in the basement with the electrical box in it, the breaker box in it. Yeah. Because that was the only room of the house that has two prong outlets with no ground, but everything yes. else is grounded. So I feel like everything else should be up to code. Right. But I'd have to take one down and see. But yeah, we were just talking because it's been so hot this summer. And we have a little fan in our bedroom, but it'd be nice to have a ceiling fan because it's much more efficient moving of the air, you know? Oh, sure. Yeah, you yeah. Reverse it for winter to get uh, better heating, so. Yep. Yeah, those are the DC fans. Those are pretty slick. I'm thinking about getting two for my uh, smoking room here. Oh, yeah, that'd be nice. Yeah, I absolutely. Was, um, one of my friends, they have a, fa- there's a fan that you can screw into a light socket. And that's what they put in their garage when the garage was too hot. Sure. And it has a it has a light on it, but it also has a fan on it, and it just runs off the light socket. So I was like, because you helped me, and we we capped because the our garage had a, a one bulb <laughs> in it, and then I bought the uh, the two LEDs strips. Yep. Um, to get more light in here, but that box is still there, so I could put another. I could just convert it back to a light fixture and put a little fan up there too if I wanted. Oh yeah, for sure, for sure. So, heck yeah. Yeah, the sky is the limit. You just have to work with what you have to an extent and be willing to modify. Yeah, and be smart and make sure the power is off and use the tester to make sure the power is off. Right. Yeah, absolutely. With uh, your fan switching and stuff like that, it's pretty easy to tell if it's off. (laughs) Oh, yeah, yeah. So. Yes, indeed. Well, I don't know that I have anything else uh, bookstore related. No, I don't. Like I say, I... I like to use bookstores, and uh, if you're in tourist country, these antique shops, a lot of them have book sections, yes. and uh, or the antique stores will have books randomly shoved in because they'll have like this section is seller one twenty three. Yeah, they'll have like the consignment st- stalls or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They'll have like bookshelves in there. Some of those are pretty good. Yeah, you know, here and there. Yep. But Indeed. I don't get to go to fancy bookstores in New York, Nate. <laughs> You could if you would just come with me. I know. I could. I, I, could. I think one season we should do like nice ashes on the road and we should just go to different places for every episode. Oh, yeah. You know, when uh, the show takes after, off. And... After we get our yacht is what I'm yeah, saying. Yeah, yeah, after we yeah. Get our yacht. Uh, this week, nice ashes in Milan. Next week, <laughs> nice ashes in Thailand. Oh, man. Thailand. <laughs> <laughs> The week after that, nice ashes in Jamaica, man. Oh, geez. <laughs> Live from wherever. Yeah. Melbourne. I, it would be fun to go talk to some of these <laughs> cigar lounges and see if they would let us do a, a podcast there, you know? Yeah, it'd be interesting. Uh, they probably would. Yeah, they, they would. They would care. Yeah, they, they wouldn't would. give a shit. <laughs> as, long, as long as we bought some cigars, you know? Yeah, we'd have to buy the sticks shout there. Out. Yeah, gave them enough yeah. of a shout out, but... That'd be kind of fun on location. So I'm actually, I have like an inch, inch and a quarter left and it's starting to get sour on me. Yeah, I was, that's why I'm kind of like, I don't have anything else to say. And uh, it was really good up until about now. 
It's still good, but it's got that bitterness that I'm yeah, like. Yeah, it's got that bitterness. Mm-hmm. And, you know, it was what, the Gurkhas that we ran into that with almost every stick? Mm-hmm. So, this isn't as bad as a Gurkha as no, far as bitterness. I mean, but, but it's, it, you know, it's to be expected on some of these sticks, so. Yeah, yeah. You can't have that full body flavor and expect yeah. it to be, like, great when you get to the last inch on a six-inch long cigar, you know? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, with the other H. Upmans, uh, which one has been your favorite to, uh, so far? The Banker. I liked this one. Yeah. I like the Banker, and I think like the Cameroon Reserve was really good. It was good. Yeah. I, I like this so, one. Yeah, this one's really good. So nice and round and full bodied. I was really surprised. Yep. Yep. Yeah, it so. was a little like you said, it was a little kind of underwhelming maybe at the first uh first couple of puffs, but it uh, didn't waste any time. No, it definitely showed up. So definitely a thumbs up from me. Yes. All right. Well thanks for listening. Be safe, have fun. Thank <laughs> you.